This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious. Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 83, Past Forward 2000. <laughs> uh, that one's a stretch. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, I'll explain this in a second. With, I okay. see where, well, I actually, I'll explain it now. Okay, you see where I'm going? So, yeah. okay, we're, we're talking about SNL. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> yeah. about SNL, 90s SNL. Yep. Thinking about SNL movies. The problem mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. only there's been only two SNL sequels. One yeah. was Wayne's World 2, no uh-huh. subtitles. Right. And the other one was Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers. 2000. Yeah. So That, that works. That's Hope all that I got. Like, yeah. There you go. So with me, as always, are my fellow brothers, I'm Colin not, Harmon. I'm that one. I am the ca- I'm your fellow castmate. You can say it that way. And Wes Allen. I am El Nino, which is Spanish <laughs> for the Nino. Perfect. So we <laughs> are <laughs> talking about 90s Saturday Night Live. Um a lot of you who listen to this podcast probably watched it, remember it well, have your favorite cast members from that decade, which, you know, it's 10 years and a lot of people cycled in and out. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it because I watched SNL a lot during this decade, uh, and so did these other two fellows over here. Yes. I was going to I still, insult I still you, do. I went. I took the high road. Um <laughs> And, I mean, so many great cast members came from it, uh, so many great sketches, movies. We're going to talk about it all, um, and I'm, I, this is just a free form. We don't really have a structure either, so this is just going to be uh, uh, riffing about 90s SNL. And uh, I think the first thing I want to say is everybody – it seems that everybody has their favorite era of SNL, and it always seems to be the one where you were like a middle schooler, high schooler. Does that, does that feel like the same for you guys? Because I feel like with us, hey, we're excited to talk about 90s SNL. Right. Uh, so that was like cusp of elementary, middle school towards the end of the decade. Um, I know it, a lot of it a lot of it was elementary school for us, but I feel like my prime of watching SNL was from like 96 through 2006. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think for me, like uh, it's definitely like the cast that you grew up with is the yeah. cast that you revere the most. Like even uh, Steve Higgins says that in James Franco's uh, documentary about SNL uh, called Saturday Night. If you haven't watched that, you definitely should. Uh, but yeah, he kind of says like you're in love with the cast that raised you. And yeah. it's kind of true in some sense. You know, mm-hmm. There's so many formative understandings you have of what it means to be funny from some of those that I think is true for me. At yeah, least. for sure. And it's it's always it never fails. Like the next cast or the next era that comes in, it's like, oh, that wasn't as good as before. Like, <laughs> The people who loved 70s SNL and 80s SNL hated the 90s SNL. Um, And I know I started to hate SNL somewhere around 2008. So it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, this isn't funny anymore. Uh, And even honestly to this day, and this is is, uh, sacrilege to the improvisation community that I am a part of, that I don't watch SNL and haven't in a long time, especially since the advent of just on-demand viewing like i just mm. wait to hear what sketch was really funny and then i go watch that sketch but i haven't watched a full snl in many years wow, um i've watched and- every episode <laughs> really everyone everyone 
to me it's just it's still just not the same well, um, sure yeah it's definitely adapted but it's yeah I feel like I'm and kind I of recognize the- that it's funny and there's still some great cast members that have come out of it but man to me it's just nothing's like the ones that from my childhood right sure no that's totally true I'm kind of obj- like kind of in between you guys like I'll watch an episode every now and then for the most part I'll wait until Monday and see like what were the highlight skits kind of a thing or, or whatever goes viral kind of a thing but uh, objectively when you kind of talk about like what do everybody th- what objectively is like the best era and that preparing for this just to kind of make sure I didn't miss anything I was forgetting I kind of looked up like the top sketches of all time and I would say that a majority of them are from the 90s era there are hmm. some you know there's definitely the 80s Eddie Murphy bits I feel like those were the only like 80s ones that there were um, you know, a good bit were from the seventies, but, um, and you know, so uh, how was that ranking made? Is that like one writer's opinion or was that like, no, I looked, I looked at quite a few of them just to kind of get a gauge of it, but it's like you okay. know, a majority of them, at least like if they have like a top 25, at least half of them are nineties skits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's just, you know, the era of people that are writing now or what it is, but it's like, you know. Um, but there, there also was like a gap where it seems like there weren't much kind of coming out of the kind of the era that you're talking about, Corey, where you stopped watching, where it's like, there was like the mid two thousands was not really a great era, at least for long lasting skits. But it's like, I feel like within the last maybe five to eight years, there's been kind of a resurgence and like, you know, good quality skits that have kind of come out that are, you know, at least have gone viral or become popular. So just kind of as a like a objective you know viewpoint of like that so i i don't think that we're wrong that that we grew up in the era of 90s and think that, that was kind of the best era or at least one mm-hmm. of the better ones well and it, it's crazy to think about the impact that uh saturday night live has on not i mean because it's not just one show right i mean this births writers and actors who go on and do their own things and make movies that we love and go on and do better and brighter things, a lot of them. So <clears throat> the impact, uh, you just think of the people who have come out of the 90s SNL, right? Like you have, okay, Mike Myers, Wayne's World, Austin Powers, um, and love Shrek. Guru. Love and Guru. <laughs> <laughs> love Guru. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Mike Myers, household name. You had Dana Carvey, who came out with all just uh, a ton of stand-ups and a lot of iconic characters. You have Chris Farley and David Spade, who made just epic movies from our childhood, specifically Tommy Boy. Um, and you have Adam Sandler, who's continuing to put out content even to this day. Some would argue not great content, but he is... Um, you know, had a big impact on the industry. Uh, you have writers like Conan O'Brien, who was there in the 90s, um, who has a huge ripple effect in comedy. And I could go on and on and on. Will Ferrell, um, you know, you just had a, you've had a lot of, you have a lot of impact from cast members who not, who don't, even if you don't watch SNL, you know their work. Yeah. Did, and there was a lot to come out of the 90s. Did Conan write before Simpsons or did he write SNL first? I believe it was SNL first, then Simpsons? I'll look okay. that up. I think that is correct. Yeah, I think he, I think Simpsons hired him away from Saturday Night Live, I believe. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, to add to what you're saying, I, I think for me personally, aside from you know the era and everything, I think it it as a show and everything that spun out of it, but certainly as a show and as a format, I think it's really what for me kind of like taught me what comedy was as like a business or like as a as a format instead of like oh i watch a movie and that movie is funny it kind of changed for me like i enjoy this thing because someone sat down and wrote something that was funny and then that same person or other people performed that thing and that thing is actually what's funny and in some stupid way this is like saturday night live was like the first thing that sort of culminated for that because there is so much esteem about being a writer for SNL or like there's so much um, effort put into what it means to be a writer similar to where like even now you know the late night shows like Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers like the people that are the creative heads that are never on screen for the most part are the writers you know they have 30 writers for a show that happens like that and I think there's just something about um the magic of like putting together certain symbols on a page that make something in your body convulsively exude air is the weirdest <laughs> thing that we all like sort of attracted to, but that's what it is to be funny. That. Yeah, exactly. But I think there's something so weird about like that phenomenon of like what a connecting tissue that is. And I feel like so many of my friendships on like really dumb, uh, beginning points, but then it turned to something else is like just quoting SNL and be like, you knew that line and you said the next one we're friends now we're best friends forever like we'll come dump your bike over my stuff like it was just like this weird uh connection point that i think once it was snl for me at least was like something that put on display what it meant to be funny on purpose and actually be effective at it instead of like trying to just do dumb dad jokes and failing and everybody and that's the funny part is the failure and uh, i don't know for some reason like that's i think that's why for me i have so much love and reverence and I stick with SNL because it is really something that is just like it's trying so hard to stay with the pulse of comedy as it changes through the years and people want to keep up with it and people don't but I feel like it it really uh keeps me in tune to what I feel like it means to be funny in each generation like if you go back and watch the old ones it's not funny the way we think funny is now but that carries forward too. People don't think like what is now is funny because they like what was funny in the nineties or the early two thousands or the eighties or whatever. So long rant to say like, I am a very big fan, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> only because I feel like it's so formative for the way that I uh, enjoy like creative performance and creative writing and some of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you mentioned that like there are friends that like you, it, when I was growing up, there were friends that, I can think that like our sole purpose of our relationship was SNL quotes. Like there was nothing mm -hmm. else in our relationship <laughs> other than quoting SNL, which is like just that's funny and insane to me. That was just like a whole friendship could be based on just doing that. But it's just like it's so crazy that like you know things like that can kind of bring us together and just like there's so much like a wealth of humor that comes from it and bonding that comes from that, that I don't know. It's just such a fun thing to look back on that. Like 
like when I was watching rewatching some of these skits to kind of like refresh my memory of it, that just like so many memories poured out from like just like little lines that don't even mean anything. But since I watched them so much, it's kind of like any of the dumb movies that we watch that just like some of the most nuanced things can be so funny that you can relate to somebody. Oh, yeah. Like even like the silly things that I feel like I st- I find that I go back and watch some of the old episodes again and don't realize that I actually stole from SNL. <laughs> like the, there's a Chevy Chase bit when he was hosting a weekend update. He's like, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. And like, that's his whole bit. But like, yeah. I do that all the time. I'm like, hi, I'm Colin Harmon and, and you're not. And <laughs> they're just a part of that. They're like, I don't even, I didn't even realize. I'm like, oh, that's his thing. Dang it. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Uh, but so, no, it's funny. I don't know. It's great. Yeah. I mean, so uh, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about the specific nineties era. And really, I, the first question I want to ask, I was thinking about saving it, but I, let's get, let's get to it. What was, who was your favorite out of the nineties? Who was your favorite SNL cast member? Or maybe if you can't pick maybe a top three. Hmm. I can do a top three. I don't know if I can pick one. It's like top three. It's like when um, I was kind of listing out everything that kind of stood out to me or things that I would quote the most. Like it was yeah. probably Chris Farley is probably the top one that I have like the longest list of bits that he did that like were memorable to me or were funny to me or like that I quote. And like the other two are Dana Carvey and Mike Myers. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I loved the impressions that Dana Carvey did and like kind of taught me how to do impressions the way that he did. Like a lot of times I can't like hear a voice and be like, oh yeah, I can do an impression of that. But to hear him do an impression of somebody like it, it's better to translate in my mind how to t- how to pick up those certain nuances and the personality or the way people talk that like it, it's like kind of like a, you know, a, 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 an impressions for dummies kind of thing for me where it's just like, Oh yeah, that's great. And Mike Myers, it's like, you know, so many great bits. I don't know. Yeah. I think even in what you're describing there, uh, Dana Carvey is someone who I feel like did a very good job of helping SNL, find the balance between doing impressions and doing impersonations. So like Ooh, it's, yeah. it's one thing to be an Elvis impersonator and like you're trying to convince the audience that you're actually listening to Elvis. Like that's the shtick. Whereas like SNL is like, we're going to do just enough to where you recognize who this character is. And then we're going to mock them incessantly. And I think that's like a magical nuanced difference that SNL gets a lot of good credit for. I well, think. and you, yeah, I think Dana Carvey's an example of this, like the sign of a good um, well impression. Um, definitely not. Uh, yeah, impression, not impersonation. Mm-hmm. The sign of a good impression is when somebody does their impression of that person. It's their impression of the pr- impressionist, not their impression of the person that they're. Imp- does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. So like you think of. Like if you ask somebody to do with George Bush, yeah, it's, they're most likely going to do Dana Carvey's yeah. Yeah. impression or, or of George or, Bush. Uh, Will Ferrell's George Bush, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. For for Junior, you're gonna <laughs> or for W, you're gonna yeah. do Will Ferrell's version or Harry uh, Carey. You're gonna yeah, do yeah, Will yeah. Ferrell's version of Harry Carey. Um, <laughs> and that's and that's what they, I mean. Dana Carvey, Carvey's definitely one of those where it's like he has so many like really funny impressions. 
And I yeah. feel like with Mike Myers, he, he did a good impressions, but he did impressions of people you didn't know that became characters. It's like his his impression of Lauren Michaels became Dr. Evil yeah. and things yeah. like that, where it's just like, there are so many things that you're even like pe- people that he knew or his stepmom or something became like the coffee talk lady and just things like that, where it's just like Dana Carvey was really good at impressions and you're like, Oh, I know that. But like Mike Myers was great at characters and so much to the fact that like most of his movies and his skits you don't see him like he's in right. makeup. Yeah. He's like m- the only movie that he wasn't like a character in was. So I married as ax murderer, which is so that. weird to see Mike Myers as a person without any kind of stick or anything like that. So it's, it's just so funny to me that even now you watch Bohemian Rhapsody, which he's in, he's got all this makeup and stuff and it's like, he's playing a normal person. It's not supposed to be this funny thing, but it's like, he's under all this makeup being a character, not being Mike Myers as an actor. So it's just always funny to me that like, he's so good at being characters that he's never himself. It's funny. You say that too, because even in so I married an ex murderer, he's still alternate characters in that movie yeah it's yeah he so plays funny. his dad and all that so it's yeah that's yeah. true which is basically fat bastard in the future right it is yeah move that giant hit about <laughs> it's like an orange on a toothpick it's like sputnik <laughs> he's gonna cry himself to sleep on his huge pillow um Anyways, yeah, yeah, my Scottish to... accent is based on his Scottish exactly. accent, by the way. That's how I learned Scottish accent. Mm. But anyway, let's go back to what are your top three things? Because that kind yeah. of spawned off a conversation. I, you know, it's Wes, you kind of stole my, I mean, Mike Myers, I I think Mike Myers might be n- number one. I, I will add one person to your list, and that's Will Ferrell. I think yeah. I'm, I'm kind of back and forth between those two, and I'm thinking back to all the jokes that I stole as a kid, you know, are quoted. Uh, they were either Will Ferrell quotes or Mike Myers quotes. Like both of them made me laugh in a way that others could not. Um, so I, I think both of them have to be in my top three. I think if I were to say another one, it's probably Chris Farley. So it's like, I'm right there in line with you. Cause I mean, just Farley was a, a different kind of breed yeah. of comic. I mean, his physical comedy was great, and just you couldn't you you just look at him and you start laughing. I mean, just the way he <laughs> delivered things, yeah. the pratfalls that he does. I mean, he was genius. I mean, he knew he knew who he was. He knew his body and everything, and was completely comfortable with it, and just went all out. And I always loved that about him. And the thing about him is that he didn't really do impressions much and he didn't really do characters as much. He was just yeah. funny just being him a lot of the times, no matter what he was doing. So mm-hmm. that was the thing that was unique about him. He didn't have to hide behind some kind of yeah. thing like, oh, that's familiar. It's, he just put him in anything and he's funny. I will say honorable honorable mention is Adam Sandler um, because I – loved Billy Madison. I loved Happy Gilmore. But see, that's, those are the things that were apart from SNL that I didn't, no. you know, I that it's different. Um, but Adam Sandler is another person where he was a big part of my childhood because of those movies and the audio CDs that he did, which are super, super, super dirty. <laughs> and my parents would have a conniption if they listened to those albums. 
and think about their elementary school Corey listening to those, it would probably. <laughs> sorry, mom, I know you listen to this podcast, but She's I should never you have out. listened to those albums. You're a big boy now; you can do whatever you want. Uh, okay, and I I quoted them too, man. I mean, they were they were hilarious to me. I actually played a track for my wife the other day, and she was mortified. <laughs> was it the severe beating of a high school Spanish teacher? No, it was actually the first. It was the the first track on they're all gonna laugh at you which is has a actually no yeah yeah it's it's him as a high school principal talking about or vice principal who's taken over and he's talking about all the changes and he's talking about moving uh the girls locker room into his office (laughs) and a lot of more nefarious things go on there um and then i I play actually played another track one that has conan o'brien in it where he's the He's the buffoon that ha- he probably couldn't do this anymore. Um, but he has this like kind of Mexicano accent. Um, <laughs> but he says like these really, really, really offensive and outlandish things. And the shtick is that the people he's talking to are like the ultimate straight person where they just completely act like it wasn't outlandish and they just have a normal response. I would quote it, but I can't because this yeah. podcast is rated G. I'm sitting so. here trying to think of one I can say. I'm like, nope, not that one. Yeah. Nope, not that one. <laughs> I got a snake, man. <laughs> one time I, I fed it some beer, it was slivering this way and that. Yeah. Um, if uh, probably that whole album, if you listen to that, you're like, no, he could never do this. Like this no. in 2020, there's no way he could put this album out. No but way. no. I, I have kind of a hot take. It's like I've loved everything Adam Sandler has done other than his skits on SNL. I've never really <laughs> been much of a fan yeah. of him on SNL other than like, you know, the songs that he would do. Um, but it's like I all the, you know, the famous, you know, the the opera singer and all that kind of stuff. It's like I've never uh, really been like a fan of him. But I, I've loved all of his movies. I love, you know, the CDs and everything. So it's like, but for whatever reason, I just, the SNL stuff has never really spoken to me in a way. I should say also honorable mention. Actually, no, I'll let Colin do his three before I, because I don't want to steal one. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I think for me, people that I, I don't know if I can do top three. I'll do top five if that makes it loud. We're already overlapping, so. Do it. Uh, easy ones are Adam Sandler for the same reasons we have mentioned. So that's a throwaway. Will Ferrell. Uh, just because I feel like he was such a goob in a way that gave me so much permission for the way that I am. <laughs> That's a little vague. <laughs> He's exactly my height. Uh, he has a big, froey mass of hair, as I do. <laughs> and he's left-handed. And he, like, what makes him funny is his commitment to the bit. Like, mm-hmm. you can't break his brain when he's, like, you, you can't get him out of character because he's taking it so seriously. And I feel like that is his commitment is always like what made me realize that like, if you just commit to something, it's actually funnier than if you go into it weak. Like if you, if you think of him versus like Jimmy Fallon, like Jimmy Fallon is like breaking before he says the first couple of fragments yep. of sentence. Whereas like Will Ferrell is like, I'm sold as this character. And I think there's just something about that. That is his commitment is also funny. Uh, that I loved about how he presented himself. And he's just like an incredible writer. He doesn't do any social media. He like doesn't buy in any of the hype of stupidity of right now. He's just is funny. And I love that. Okay. Uh, well, and he does things that are, it's like Bill Murray esque where he'll do things like he'll star in a Canadian beer commercial, just like on a whim, you know, yeah. just be for kicks and giggles. So yeah. anyway, this is great. No, that's totally true. 
And also, I want to I want to add to that, and I think you've convinced me. My number one is Will Ferrell because I think back to like you know they they put together the best of DVDs, and if we're talking purely SNL, the best of Will, Will Ferrell made me laugh the most out of all of them. Like yeah. he's got straight gold on that that's to the point where they made a second one for him. Yeah, yeah. I had all of those too. Like I yeah. had the. I had the Mike Myers, the Chris Farley, and the Dana Carvey, and the Will Ferrell ones. On I, I think I had most of those on VHS, but I don't think the Will Ferrell one was out on VHS yet. I think that was nice. DVD, yeah. but yeah, I had those. So good. That's how I know most of the skits is from rewatching those yeah. time and time again. Uh, All right, fine. Colin, on with the chlorophyll. No, I was say, uh, <laughs> just one more thing to add to Will Ferrell. Did you guys happen to watch uh, when he and uh, Molly Shannon were fake hosts of the Rose Parade? I saw some clips from it, yeah. Tish Hadigan and Cord. Oh my gosh, it's that. I've watched the Rose Parade. It's great. I've watched the Rose Parade since I was a fetus. And it's incredibly (laughs) long and arguably rather boring. Uh, But it's just like tradition. I've just watched it forever. And the two years that they did that on Amazon Prime, I've, like, I literally, my stomach ached for days after that. Because it was just like so much nostalgia just completely mocked for three hours it was fantastic it was like it was beautiful improv because like every float comes and they haven't seen it so they have to just riff on it and they have all these like weird b storylines like ah it was i wish i was that good at anything it was fantastic yeah you know it's all improvised all of it it was incredible yeah for three plus hours the thing about Will Ferrell was him being afraid of horses, horses. or whatever. Yes. <laughs> and there's so funny. many horses. So in the like brain. ongoing <laughs> gag. Uh, oh brilliant. god, it's the horses. Or cord. <laughs> and he raised I, uh, the hounds. He raised hounds. It was so dumb. Okay. This is gonna turn into the like Will Ferrell podcast, but yeah. I like I just his comedic genius. I saw up front like I. So you guys know this. I was an extra for a scene in Anchorman Two. And I was I waiting out. for I was this, one of, this moment to come out on the podcast one day. I know, it's been five years, and I finally yeah. revealed it. Um, you can look it up on YouTube. It was a deleted scene. It was a courtroom scene. Um, and I, I was lucky enough to be – just I was one of maybe 12 extras in the room. I was sat right behind Will Ferrell in the courtroom, and I got to watch him and Christina Applegate improvise for an hour. It was like a <laughs> private show. And it was, uh, so I was just in awe. It was hysterical and I couldn't laugh. That was the only thing. Oh. It's like, you can't <laughs> laugh. But anytime Adam McKay would say cut, we would, the whole room would burst out laughing. I mean, it was so funny. And what ended up being cut together is just not even close to what was oh. the funniest thing that happened in the room. So anyway, I just, I love Will Ferrell so much. And as an improviser, I just, I like adore him and idolize him. So anyway, sorry, Colin. No, no. I, I, I forget. I was there, it's was great. there any parts that you made it into the final cut of the movie or was it only no. that deleted scene? Well, there was a, there was a scene uh, at a science fair, I think that might've made it into the movie. I don't remember at this point that I was also a part of, but it was like, I was one of a hundred extras in that one. So you can't mm. see me in that one, but yep. Love it. That makes me very happy. So uh, wait, Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell, right? Those are the two you've named so far. Yes. Adam Sandler, and Will Ferrell. Uh, let's, I'll try to go in reverse order now. Uh, so Chris Rock, uh, mm-hmm, partially yeah. because of his stand-up, maybe now is what he's more known for. But like the characters and like the person that he brought to SNL, like oh, he was such a different voice at that time because he was sort of riding the coattails of Eddie Murphy. But he was so young when he was doing it. So so was yeah. Eddie Murphy. But like Chris Rock was really young. It's just a freaking. He's just brilliant. Like I don't even have anything to say like other than like reverence for his contribution. But oh my gosh, super good. 
and he hosted like not super long ago. Like he was on maybe three or four years ago that he hosted and it was just as fantastic. Oh my gosh. Uh, Tina Fey for sure. Not more as a writer, but also she became a great, uh, weekend update host. Um, and then obviously did 30 rock and then a a bunch of other things that she is a genius about, but mean girls, et cetera. Um, but no, I mean, just as a person, I feel like she gives me a lot of hope as a mind of like, she is a very awkward human being, but she could not be wittier and she could not be a better writer. And I think that is like something really special. Have you read bossy pants? Yes, I have read bossy pants. It's very good and very funny. Um, that that's her autobiography, right? Trent. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, I I I loved her even more after reading that. Like, she is she's an improviser mm-hmm. and she's brilliant. Second city. Yeah. Um, and the book itself is really funny. It's like what you expect from a comedy writer, but like also serious at the right points and yeah. all that stuff. And, um, yeah, right there with you. I thought of two more <laughs> honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> Unless you were, sorry, were you not done? I had one more or two more, okay, really, but like I would loop Amy Poehler in with that, but that's kind of an easy one. So you can talk about that. If yeah. You want. I mean, both her and Tina Fey are kind of more early 2000s. Like you're kind yeah, of they're, the they're late nineties right for sure. And then yeah. the one that I feel like for me from a comedy perspective, and, and this is again, maybe like thinking too highly of my current circumstances, but I feel like Norm MacDonald is why I think anything, oh, yes. he is why I think anything is funny. Like <laughs> the way that he, approaches comedy is everything is a setup everything like the punchline is if you're lucky to catch it when he's done if you stuck around long enough but you're basically sticking around through like 20 minutes of a setup and you're just like give me a freaking punchline but the, the setups become funny because he's just like there to see how long he can string you along and that there's just so something true. about that that i absolutely love as a like social experiment that that is just like his entire shtick is like how long can i make you wait for yeah what i'm gonna say <laughs> right after i finish saying what i'm currently not quite done <laughs> saying <laughs> See, that is great. i was just gonna let you go <laughs> see i'm so glad that you guys like norm mcdonald because that's always been like a guilty pleasure that i never tell anyone that i love yeah. norm mcdonald it's like i love dirty work that movie yes. so good and just underrated I just love movie. him and like his sitcom that he had i thought was underrated I, yeah. and hilarious mm-hmm. so um, i'm so glad that you guys like him i love him yeah did you do you see i don't know i remember whose roast he was a part of he was a part of somebody's roast on comedy central and you know they have all the roast people like sitting together before they go up and start you know roasting the the person uh every time they cut to norm mcdonald's it's like you know each person would get up and they'd roast everybody you know on the couch not just the person that they're supposed to roast so i don't know if it's justin bieber or whoever it is like they don't just roast justin bieber they roast everybody else too so anytime somebody said something about norm mcdonald they'd cut to him and he's reading a newspaper (laughs) like completely disconnected and he'd look up at the camera like somebody say my name like that was his stick the whole time and then he got up when it was his turn to roast he did on purpose, like the worst, like dad joke roasts, like you would ever heard. Like it was not even witty at all, but it was hilarious on how unfunny they were. Yeah, because he's like mocking the roast. Like he's always yeah, exactly. one layer above whatever you're doing, which I think is just 
incredible. He's just also incredible. he's very annoying to follow on Twitter because he live tweets golf events. Oh, <laughs> like play by play, live tweets them. Oh uh, yes, he's fantastic. <laughs> I love him so much. He was my favorite weekend update person. I loved him. Yeah, I was um, going to ask who your favorite weekend update person, and I would have said Norm Macdonald. Yeah, or Kevin Nealon. I've never yeah, been a Ke- Colin Quinn person. I've never yeah. really liked his humor. Colin Quinn was pretty straight down the middle when it comes to some of that kind of stuff. I feel yeah. like uh, what was really fun about Norm Macdonald to just keep blowing smoke up his butt is, uh, <laughs> you know, when they're making SNL, like they have to make it a very, very, very specific length for it to work. Yeah. And so he would be the person who, like, when he's, like, letting a crowd let the entire laugh for a joke get down to silence in Weekend Update, <laughs> he's wasting six <laughs> seconds, eight seconds per joke. And so he can, you know, absorb a minute from the show just from waiting. And I think there's just something <laughs> about that that was, like, the weirdest power play yeah. that made the next thing he's going to say, you're just like, oh, you're so eager. Like, what is he going to say next? Like, what's he going to do? I think, I don't know. He just had such a good command through silence in a way that is very rare. Like, I feel like the only other person I have in my brain that does that really well would have been like Gene Wilder, who like just like the pauses and the way that oh, you just yeah. watch him think as a performer is incredible. And I feel like uh, he just, you know, Norm MacDonald did that really well in his own. Even way. Jeff Goldblum kind of has that quality too, yeah. where yes. you're just like hanging on every second that he's talking. Yeah. You're just like, where are you going with this? But you're yeah. so interested. Uh, if you're going non-comedy, Alan Rickman has the same had the same yeah. uh, kind of pull. Yeah. Uh, okay. So real quick, my other two people I wanted to mention, uh, Sherry O'Terry uh, was. I mean, I feel like her, her and Will Ferrell as the cheerleaders just epic. She always made me laugh. Um, but then also, I feel like we kind of have to mention Tim Meadows. Mm. Um, n- not because he was all that great, but because he was, he was there the entire 90s. Yeah, he was, he was there from 91 to 2000. So just for longevity's sake, I feel like we need to mention Tim Meadows. Which, to, in that category, uh, Tim Meadows was also on the Rose Parade thing, but he was oh, yeah. just himself. He was Tim Meadows. And so they're like, former <laughs> SNL character, Tim Meadows. <laughs> like, it was just like, he was just so annoyed to be like that. The only thing that they just kept asking him questions about SNL. And it was, oh, it's Gosh, this is so brilliant. I'm so mad. I want to be that smart. Anyways, yes, Tim Meadows is fantastic. Ladies' man, uh, where she drinks some cravathia youth that is the drink. <laughs> uh, Ooh, it's nice. a lady. Ooh, it's a lady. Go ahead, Carla. Okay, so let's move it on to um, your favorite SNL sketch. Uh, I guess from, from the 90s, obviously. Uh, from the 90s, yeah. Uh I, f- I feel like uh, the Spartan Cheerleaders was a really big one, for sure. Yeah. Celebrity Jeopardy, which, fun fact, those were all written by Will Ferrell. Uh, mm. I don't know. They're, I mean, those are some of like the winners for me. I think in some. Of those I feel ones. like as a culture, we just quote the Celebrity Jeopardy stuff. Oh like, yeah. Everybody quotes the Sean Connery bits like to a T, <laughs> you know, and just the the rapist, the anal bum cover, the just yeah. those things. <laughs> Just I remember dying laughing the first times I saw those, and like I remember when it wasn't Napster, it was you know whatever came next where you can download videos and you would have like a Winamp skins and stuff like that. Like I would download all of the Celebrity Jeopardies and just like watch <laughs> those. That's a throwback. Again. I know it's 
very appropriate for this podcast. That's a good pull right there. Um, the okay, so I thought of, I think two specific ones. Um, one of them more famous than the other. The the first one I'll mention is a more famous one, which is the sweaty balls uh, uh, sketch, where they did you know it was a recurring delicious dish. It was yeah. Where they were basically making fun of NPR. Yeah. And Anna yeah. Gasteyer and Molly Shannon, who uh-huh. two uh, two other like really great epic '90s uh, SNL cast members, yeah. but. Um, they had Al- Alec Baldwin on there, and his name was something. It was like Mike Schwetty or something like yeah, that. Right. And he was promoting his homemade concoction of these balls that were, I don't even know what they were made of, but he called them his Schwetty balls. And for the rest of the sketch, they just made a bunch of balls jokes. Um, talking about how they love tasting them, putting them in their mouth, and <laughs> and all that stuff. Oh, they're salty. And it is like middle school humor at its best. And I think I was in middle school at that time when I, I remember seeing that sketch live, and it ended up being an all-timer. Incredible. I remember yeah. quoting it at church the next day to all my friends. <laughs> so that's the that's the first one um, that came to my mind. And then the second one, it's a little lesser known, but... You guys remember Jim Brewer, right? That's another '90s, like yeah, very specific that's another '90s guilty, cast member. Guilty pleasure of mine is Jim Brewer. I loved Jim Brewer, um, and I loved his recurring sketch, which is Goat Boy. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Where he was an M- he was a VH1 VJ, but he was half man, half goat, and he would be he would host his own show and he would interview celebrities on the show and they would try have to try to have like a serious conversation. He'd be like, so tell me about that time you were on tour of them. And he would do these like goat, just like almost like Tourette's goat noises, but he wouldn't finish his sentence. It would just be the goat noises and it would cut to the celebrity and they'd be like bewildered. Like I, they would play the straight person and just be like, I don't, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> and he just carry on. And same joke every time, but it kill it killed me. I loved it every time it came back on. So Yeah. I think if I had to go for the ones that I feel like uh, I'll do like a recurring and then like a one off in another way would be like uh the more cowbell sketch with Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, and Horatio Sands. Like that's just I, unbelievably I, good. I have a story about that. Oh, do tell. We have time. Were you in Blue Oyster um, Cult? Yes. <laughs> and another life. Um, Wes doesn't fear the Reaper. <laughs> so I went to Christian high school. It was very small. And if you went to a, a Christian school, you'll probably know this, but like every week you have a thing called chapel where you would go. And it's basically like a weekly thing where you go and you, it's basically like church for like an hour or two where it's like you go, they sing worship song, a couple of songs, and then you hear a speaker talk. And then when I was a senior, we just loved the the skit, the the more cowboy bell skit. And like every week we, we would joke of being like, oh, man, we should like just do it. Like we should just like hijack the chapel and like just do it. Because like by the time I was a senior, it was a very small school. So it dwindled down to like just probably like 60 people. And we were seniors, so, like, we kind of had high reins of, like, we could kind of do anything. And the teacher, that our homeroom teacher, was, like, in on it, was, like, love this thing. So one week came about, was, like, hey, I brought the cowbell, and I got a leather jacket. And so, like, um, I, 
for for some reason I was voted the person that was going to do the Will Ferrell bit, and yes, the, the teacher was going to be um, what's his name and the Christopher Walken's character I forget what his name is Bruce Dickinson. The Bruce, Bruce Dickinson. Dickinson. You and do not so, question Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> so, in the middle of like the the worship band playing, like. I go up there and I'm like, I'm going to join you guys for this next song. So like I have the cowbell and I'm doing the skit and we had prepped them beforehand. Like we're going to do the skit. Even if you don't know it, just like, just go along with it. So I start doing it. And then this teacher comes in with a leather jacket and it's like, Oh no, no, I got to need more cowbell. And so we keep doing that skit like to a T and like you could just see the confusion on most of the people's <laughs> face and I, I remember there was a speaker that came by that was there it was a guest speaker that was coming up afterwards and like he he had no idea what was going on like you could tell that like nobody knew what was going on but like the seniors were just like cracking up and like I, I had come out of my shell like the year beforehand, so like I I'd always been like a shot. I was about to say I don't really imagine you. Doing I know that. It, it was like a very niche time in my life where like this was possible, and like um, the principal like told my mom like, oh yeah, they did this thing. It was so funny. I don't know what they were doing, but like my mom was so surprised <laughs> that I did this thing, and it was just it was just like this highlight of my high school years where it's just like we did the cowbell so sketch to a T and I was the Will Ferrell part and I had watched so it good. so much and laughed at it so much that I knew like, you know, it's straight. So I even did like at the end where he's like doing it really slow on like the singer's face <laughs> and just all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. That was just like a highlight I of my high school. That's great. I I actually also did that sketch for a church camp. Are you serious? Oh my gosh, you guys. Uh, I played I played Bruce Dickinson in that one. So <laughs> clearly that one had that one sketch had an impact on us. I also oh, yeah. did the well. I don't know. Did everybody say their favorite sketch already? I only had uh, two others. My recurring favorite okay. was uh, Brian Fellows with uh, Tracy Morgan. Oh yes, that wasn't yeah. Uh, that, was that was fantastic. Fantastic Tracy Morgan. Mm -hmm. And then what was uh, that one? I don't recall it's that. It's basically where like Tracy Morgan was like uh, he was he had a TV show about bringing animals onto <laughs> onto a TV show, <laughs> sort of like Jack Hanna kind of style. Yeah, but yeah, it he was like, like a, afraid yeah. of all the animals, or the animals <laughs> would be like talking to him and making voices to him, and he'd be like. I think that goat did smile at me. <laughs> like it was like some of the craziest. <laughs> I don't know. It was, he played like a six-year-old. Yeah, it was like he was like a, was like a child. Kid. But gosh, that was funny. And then the other one that turned into a movie actually was it was originally called The Roxbury Guys that turned into Night oh, yeah. Roxbury. But uh, gosh, that was that was a good recurring yep. one for sure. That Which is, is so yeah, insane that classic. they it's so insane that they turned that into a movie because the skit was nothing but them going to yeah. clubs and just the same like, joke. And you can't, they don't really have many lines. It's just the way that they're reacting to things. So the mm -hmm. fact that they turned that into the movie and gave them, you know, characters and mm -hmm. like backstories and like just gave it a story. It's like, that's definitely like a guilty pleasure, like movie. I like, I, I saw that probably like three times in the theater when it came out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, another one I want to mention is a, a sketch that I did in high school for a monologue. And that was... Matt Foley, motivational speaker. Oh yeah, by Chris yeah. Farley. Got to. He lives in a van down by the river. Yeah. Um, that's another classic '90s SNL sketch. That is just that is like an, an all timer. Yeah, classic. 
Yeah, and just the fact of like every line in that it kind of gets underrated, but like every line in that is just funny. It's just like when he's talking to David Spade, and he's just like, "I heard you want to be a writer. I didn't hear that you're (laughs) using your papers for writing, but for smoking doobies." (laughs) <laughs> is that bill shakespeare i see over there <laughs> uh yeah that one that one i remember my my i did it for a monologue for my theater class and my teacher was like you can do it but like make it your own don't just emulate chris farley and i totally emulate i stuffed my shirt with a pillow and i created my own <laughs> coffee table and fell through it like oh, i awesome. just so i got like a c on it but i didn't care because it was sure, yeah. <laughs> fun to do <laughs> best c you ever earned Yes. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the one that I have to say too is like it's so simple and very seasonal. But uh, I wish it was Christmas today, like the song that uh, oh, Horatio yeah. Sands and Jimmy Fallon and uh, which we've we've brought up on this podcast. Chris before. Kattan, yeah. Tracy Mor- Tracy Morgan. Oh my gosh, that one, that's iconic. Even though it's a cover, it's such a good one. Um, so let's let's move it on then. What is your favorite movie based on an SNL? character Ooh, well mine, mine, is e- I, mine is easy it's it's yeah, Wayne's world. It, it's, it's one of my top movies period so it's like obviously i love uh wayne's world and i th- i don't mm-hmm. know I, I would argue to say that's the best one you know objectively yeah that's a tough one i don't know if i have like a i mean in some weird sense like this is like a fake uh answer to that I guess, but like the entire show of 30 rock, which is just basically a <laughs> fake version of, SNL, <laughs> yeah. I think for me would be like the best spinoff show that I can think of when it comes to like, it's basically saying like how corporate SNL had to be, but how unbelievably like petty everyone was and how great, yeah. I don't know the Tracy Jordan show. Yep. I, uh, I'm, I'm with Wes on that. I feel like Wayne's world is kind of the only answer there where I specifically nineties, uh, movies, which is, there was a lot of the ones that came in the nineties. I mean, you had Wayne Wayne's World, you had It's Pat, <laughs> Stewart saves its family, uh, his family, yeah, yeah. Night of the Roxbury, Blues Brothers, two thousand, which obviously isn't based on a nineties sketch, and Superstar. Um, Superstar. But and Ladies Man in two thousand, there was Coneheads. Yeah, too. well, I, I skipped that one for a reason. I would say Coneheads is probably be my like next one. Um, and that one's an underrated one. I haven't seen it in a really long time, yeah. but I remember liking it when I watched it as a kid. Yeah. So. The ladies' man was great, <laughs> personally. Uh, okay, so are there, is there anything else you guys? I mean, uh, we could talk about monologues. We can talk hosts. Is there any like kind of hosts that stood out to you back in the day? Uh, one of the recurring hosts. I know John Goodman was one of those, and I feel like always showed up in the nineties. Yeah, um, Tom Hanks. We could Tom talk Hanks musical guests. Tom Hanks, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think music. if you want to go musical guest-wise, you know, what's been really interesting about that throughout the years, especially now, but, like, um, you know, very seldom at the time, specifically, more, maybe less so in the time now, you know, there was uh, very few musical performances that happened for TV only. Like, they had a live audience, but were actually for TV. You think about that now, like, you know, YouTube exists, and that's why there's a lot of musical performances. People do that for live streams, of, especially, like, you know, in the last six months. But... Um, I feel like SNL really embodied like this is your opportunity to do something different on a very small like stage with an audience, but like a present, but a huge audience that's watching. And so there's a lot of like, uh, you know, protests and things where 
uh, Sinead O'Connor and people like that that actually like you know really made big statements from the stage in 8H when it comes to some of that kind of stuff that you look back and you're like that was it that was a big deal but like at the time it was like unbelievably controversial what was the, she did, did she like tear up a picture of the Pope or something like that mm -hmm. is that what yeah. she did but there was just like yeah you think about that now I'm like that's the worst thing have you seen this year but I think there's something that's crazy <laughs> about like uh, that like that was a big deal then and I think uh, SNL has been always sort of like encouraging artists whether intentionally or just historically to make a statement with their performance and there's some iconic ones that you can think of you know bands wise that have played or even just things that they've done with the stage or the space and even more so now when there's like all the LED and lasers and all the blah, blah, blah they can do in the current climate but i feel like it's always been a platform for controversy in a good way which is pretty neat okay so final question what is your favorite movie that stars a 90s snl <laughs> cast member Ooh. so it's not a specific movie that's based off an snl character but just a cast member that has gone on to i know there's a bunch of them especially in the 90s so which one's your favorite is it still Wayne's World, Wes? If, I, if I'm not counting Wayne's World, I would probably say Tommy Boy. Okay, that's good, yeah. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, would, I would say Tommy Boy is up there, but I think for me, the one that I have gotten the most viewership of would be Anchorman. I have abused yeah. that movie's viewer. Like I've watched it <laughs> dozens, if not maybe a hundred times. Like That movie yep. is... Oh, so good. I so I I'm right there with you, Colin. I think Anchorman takes the cake. Now that did come out in 2004. Sure. So if we wanted to keep it to the 90s, uh, I am now battling between Billy Madison and Austin Powers. Um, both of them I've watched a billion times. Yeah. Both of them made me laugh a billion times, and uh, I can't really choose between the two of them. I think Austin Powers might win out just simply because. That's the more in intelligent humor, uh, slightly, but um, I don't know. It may depend on the day which one I like more. So I love that you say intelligent. <laughs> I said more intelligent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Less stupid. Yeah, uh, I think those are those are great pulls. If, I can't believe well, so, how many movies of Austin Powers that were made. That is what's really the testament. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, one and two were hysterical. Three, not so much, but... Um, Austin Powers, uh, you know, that one had more straightforward jokes in it, even though it was a little zany. Billy Madison is just Adam Sandler being, oh, you know, kind of <laughs> Adam Sandler-y and uh, very random. But mm -hmm. both of them, I, I don't know if I can choose between the two. Yeah, that's a, which I, I know Adam Sandler wrote a lot of Billy Madison. He didn't write, he wasn't the only writer, but he wrote a lot of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that about wraps it up we'd love to hear your thoughts who was your favorite snl cast member in the 90s let us know at pass forward cast on twitter on instagram we have an email address pass forward at aol.com uh i want to hear people's opinions here at uh, west maybe you can put out uh, something on our uh, insta stories or something get some polls from people ask some questions because I'd, I'd love to hear if people agree with us as far as favorite cast members but um okay. I think that about wraps it up for us. So until next time. Get off the shed. Get off the shed. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Later, snorks.
Fast Forward was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Not... Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's on! Oh, yeah! Kick it!